Today's episode of the Gotcha 9 podcast is brought to you by our friends at Kyle's Kitchen who recently opened their protein grill, which is over at Hollister Village. It's open Monday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. You can customize your own plate, perfectly balanced meal, which includes two sides and a choice of meat. You can get the herb grilled chicken breast, peppercorn grilled steak, or the impossible plant-based meatballs. You can pair it with a kale salad, spicy cauliflower salad, mashed potatoes, quinoa and kale salad, or some organic brown rice or fruit on the side. So if you've already been in Kyle's Kitchen, you know how great it is. Please go in and check out the Protein Grill over in Hollister Village. Okay, this is the welcome back episode of the Gaucho 9 podcast. The Gauchos are back on the field after a seventh month, seven month, seven month. It's been, it's been far too long, seven months, but they are finally back. They started practice this Friday, this past Friday. So I sat down with Coach Chaggetts to see how his summer was and talk about all the stuff that went into getting the Gauchos on the field and how he's excited about uh, the things to come for this 2021 team. And then uh, me and David and Spencer sat down to talk about the LCS, make our picks for the World Series, and also got their input on uh, getting back to the field. So this is a good podcast. Gauchos are back. Let's get to it. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. Here's the one-strike pitch, and Mitchell belts us to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. He strikes out the side for the second consecutive inning. And Armani belts it to deep center. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? Here's the 0-2 pitch. And a curveball is swung on him. And the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions of the Big West. Okay, our guest today is the head ball coach, Andrew Chekets, is with us, and I was saving this for this moment because the Gauchos are finally back on the field, and we are excited about it, and hopefully we are taking a big step in the right direction. It's taken a lot of hard work. It's taken a lot of patience amongst uh, a lot of patience from Coach Chekets and everybody involved. And we're just excited to share with the uh, the Gaucho community that Gaucho baseball started last Friday in a limited capacity, but better that than nothing. And we're excited to be back on the field. But first of all, Jax, how are you? And how was your first couple days back on the field after the seven-month hiatus? I'm great. It sure was fun. It was fun getting out there and... Um, we don't have everybody cleared yet because of some physicals and that process. Um, but just being able to get out there and throw the ball around a little bit, run around a bit was, was exciting. It was fun to be back with the the staff all in one place. I mean, we've been, I've been to my office three times in the last seven months uh, on campus cause they're, they're closed and all three times was to pick up equipment and not do any work. So uh, it was fun to see everybody. And, um, as I said, we had some young guys out there that, we haven't seen in a while some recruits that that were out and got to spend some time with them and um ballpark looks great kevin good job by the way so uh, for most people that uh 
that listen to you, they know that you take a lot of pride in that. Not not only your uh, your voice and broadcasting, but also uh, the facility in the field and do a lot of different stuff for us. So uh, it, it was exciting to get back out there and hopefully we'll continue to get more and more guys out there as physicals uh, get cleared and, and uh, we'll get some of our returners out there as well next week. Well, I appreciate the words, of course, and uh, it's it's been a lot of work getting it ready, but it's been fun, and it's it's what I do. It's what I love to do, and I want to see the guys happy. And like when I get text messages from Jordan Sprinkle, and Michael McGreevy, and guys like that who's who have commented on the field just out of the blue, uh, it makes me feel good. But it, we had a small group. So, and I, I kind of feel like it, it worked out in a sense because we're all getting used to the new protocol. Like we got to, we got to split up the balls. We got to have people on different sides of the field and you got to schedule all this on, on the practice plan. Like who's in left field warming up, who's throwing pens, who's hitting, are we all spread out? I'm sure that's been a challenge putting that all together. And it might've been kind of a good thing that there were limited guys this weekend just so we could get used to it. Right. We're not overwhelmed on day one. Yeah, it was, it was definitely slow and definitely slow (laughs) for a first day. And, uh, there's, you know, a lot of coaches and a little bit of players, but yeah, I would, I would agree with you that the protocols and the process and all of those things, it did allow us to move a little bit slower and just make sure that we're, we're accurate and detailed with what we're doing. And, you know, that, that practice plan that we finally settled on was like version 17.0. And, you know, usually they are, there's about, you know, I think as I, I coach longer, I can get down to version about six or 7.0, but um, that, that one had been torn up and thrown away a number of times based on information that we got from our administrators. And as soon as I start to feel sorry for myself uh, about some of that stuff, I, I'm really grateful that I'm not a trainer and administrator right now because uh, our administrators have really had to work hard to get to this point, you know, and collaborate with people on campus and testing um, uh, the city, the university, the facility people. I mean, it's just a, been an, they they're already stretched thin and working really hard, but um, just being out there made me proud to be a gaucho and, and proud of all of our administrators for all the work that they've done. I know that sounds like maybe I'm buttering them up a little bit, but uh, the reality of it is that I'm just, I've seen bits and pieces of all of the things that they've had to go through and all of the work that they had to put in to get us out there. And, um, you know, ultimately I think we're all grateful for the work that they've done. There's a lot of, a lot of teams that aren't on the field and don't have an opportunity to do that. And, um, our, our people have been able to make it happen. And so hopefully our kids and coaches can take care of their end of the bargain and, and make sure that we're abiding by those social contracts and, and making good decisions and being, uh, really precautionary about, about what we do so that, uh, we keep the, the virus out of the, out of the program and, uh, allow us to continue to make more progress towards getting more guys out on the field and being out there more, um, for more time yeah when you talk administrators and trainers i feel like i it's been kelly barsky and and emma hoffman on our zooms every week just constant updates and emma's been crushing it i think she she came over from the training room this weekend just to get out like and be on the field just for like an hour and she was just like (laughs) relieved it's like okay i just needed to take a quick break see that we're actually out here and before I have to go back in and work, but uh, like Jackson and Leroy and, and and Kelly and Tom and and John, like they've all just been. I mean, it's been the real grind for them. 
I mean, let's let's be real. So uh, we want to give a big shout out to them to getting baseball back up and running and seeing some other sports out there too, uh, volleyball, basketball, tennis. Like it's been a slow process, but but things are starting to, to come back and it's been exciting to see. But f- for you, like in the summertime, what was what was the biggest adjustment for you as as a head coach where your summer routine it was altered a little bit and you got it we were doing constant zoom meetings on tuesdays you're not able to go out and recruit like what what ways were you able to compensate and adjust to to still try and get your normal duties done during the summertime um yeah you know zoom is you know my my new friend and i'm getting better at that and uh, so Zoom recruiting, Zoom evaluating, Zoom fundraising. Um, so I think initially when the when COVID hit and we were all sent home, um, it felt like, hey, all the fun stuff got taken away, and we're still we're still with the stuff that maybe you know we, we all love to coach and be on the field and be around the guys and uh, the energy of that and compete together with them and watch them develop. Um, and some of the other parts of the job are, you know, a little bit more tedious at, at times. And um, I do enjoy the relationships with the donors and the friends and uh, that I've made going through that. Um, so the, the, the having the ability to do that via Zoom has been nice. Um, you know, recruiting is a grind. It's a it's a it's a grind physically. It's a grind mentally. Um, it's the the it, the hardest part of the job is is doing that and um, evaluating kids and it got, it got more difficult doing it, you know, via, um, via video and, you know, video can trick you at times. And that's the, that's the scary part about it. You try and really do your due diligence. And I know Dylan and, and Matt, uh, coach Jones, coach Fontino have really been grinding away at that. And, but, you know, usually you're, you're doing your background checks and it's a call or two and you see a kid play a bunch and you put the pieces together to feel comfortable with it. Um, and now you see a video and you like it and it's more than one call or two. And, you know, unless it's somebody that you absolutely trust, it's, you know, the travel coach, the high school coach, the, the strength coach, the, the other travel coach, cause they usually play for multiple teams or maybe their team got shut down. Um, so those guys have really put a lot of time and effort into, you know, doing those background checks before we go out and, and offer somebody, but, um, the baseball world's still going in terms of recruiting. So that's been something that we've been really spent a lot of time on uh, a lot of zooms with families. Um, frankly, I've kind of enjoyed that part of it. Um, being able to see the family, we've been able to put some presentations together. It's given us some time to, you know, we've always done some presentations when they come visit, but it's given us some time to, consolidate uh some of those presentations and um spice them up a little bit and i think we've we've put a a pretty good presentation that i think accurately represents you know what our program has to offer to kids and um so you know we've we're still working and we still did that um and then on the side i got good at pickleball and i I bought wetsuits for myself and my kids and um (laughs) i've been here you know i've been here this is coming on year 10 and i didn't have a wetsuit which is a shame um but uh my kids didn't have wetsuits but we got those and i got a i got a nine-year-old that's catching waves left and right and i'm uh I'm eating sand and drinking salt water like crazy because uh, I, I I'm not very good at it, but it sure is it sure is therapeutic and fun to be able to get out there. And we're really fortunate that we're so close that we're you know a five minute bike ride, we're in the water. So we've been able to do that, and then um, 
the really pickle i didn't think pickleball was going to be as much fun as it is but I'm, I'm i'm absolutely hooked it's replaced some of my other uh things that i did uh as exercise you know gyms aren't open right now and the hot yoga is not open right now so being able to get out and um get out and play some pickleball and do it early in the morning before kids zoom school starts and i, I didn't realize what a workout that that was drenched at the end of it and usually pretty humble as well you, you covered a lot there i i, I want <laughs> I, yeah, sorry <laughs> I, no no it's okay it's okay because I, I i just do want to mention that like one of the the bright points of this summer i'm just going to call it an extended summer where there hasn't been baseball one of the bright spots has been able to hone other things like the recruiting presentations like doing a zoom presentation um and doing other activities that that keep you sane so i think that's one of the things that has been a blessing if, if you can call it that uh for the summer and in a way will benefit the program i think moving forward if, if you guys are because in a normal summer, you're traveling around. The other coaches are traveling around recruiting. You're going and watching guys. There's maybe summer camps going on. Like you don't maybe have time to hone in and really craft some of these things that you present to recruits. So like you had time to really dig in and make these good. And then on the other side of things, pickleball, surfing. Like <laughs> I can't believe you've been here 10 years and you don't have a wetsuit. I'll admit that when I was a student, as a student manager, I didn't go to the beach one time when I was a student at UCSB. Granted, I was a student <laughs> for two years, but I didn't get that wetsuit until after I graduated. And now I'm there, you know, a couple times a month at least trying to get into the water. Uh, but pickleball, because I got the text a couple times from you, hey, you want to play pickleball in the morning? And the first couple times, you know, we're all a little rough around the edges. I just have a tennis background, so like I can hit it over the net. But the first couple times we played, uh, like we were okay. We were good. We could compete. And then I don't think I played with you for about a month. And then I got another invite, and you were you had like five different serves. You were putting spin on it. You were dropping it in the corners. Like, what happened to this guy? He's good. This guy's a good pickleball player. Everything's relative, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> this is ping pong days taking over a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, we did have fun. We had a couple stinkers there where we hit about 50 of them straight into the net. And so, um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, that, all that stuff has been good. And, the you know, we have been able to do a lot of baseball stuff. And the analytics guys have helped a lot. And, you know, helping us with some of that presentation stuff. And that, and I feel like we, we've had, we've maximized that time and, um, you know, Matt and Dylan have maximized that time recruiting and have continued to push forward with that. And, um, but you, you're, the, the positive byproduct of all of this is I've got to spend a, a lot of time with my family, my kids, my three little kids that I usually would not, um, from baseball season, you know, about nine months out of the year. Um, and that's really been valuable for, for our family and a big positive. And then a lot of the things that Santa Barbara has to offer, being able to go do some of those things has been, been really neat. And, you know, no offense to Phoenix in the summer or Stockton in the summer, um, which are some of the places that I spend, <laughs> spend my time recruiting. Um, but actually being able to be here in Santa Barbara and, and enjoy some of the lifestyle stuffs uh, more than we, and we always do, you know, we, 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 
we're appreciative of it, but being able to really literally jump in the water has been, has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's been warm lately. So we've definitely been taking advantage of that. Okay. Last, last question I want to leave you with is, uh, the anticipation for this year, the, the guys that you're excited about coming in, the guys that you're excited to see perform again in Gaucho uniforms, because Gauchos are returning a, a strong core. Uh, from that team that went 13 and two in the canceled season of 2020, just could you pick out a couple names, guys that you're excited to uh, to see this year? And it's hard to pick out only a couple. I mean, you, you know, obviously we've got the the rotation coming back and back into the bullpen, coming back with Robertson and, and uh, Dan and Chris Troy, who we thought was going to be part of that back end and and was hurt last year, will be back and healthy, and that, that's pretty exciting. And then. Um, you know, our, our entire infield is, is back as well. In the outfield, we had some, some moving parts a little bit. Um, you know, Willow was playing hurt. He was, he got his shoulder fixed, uh, which is a positive. He was, he was doing the team thing and out there that out there playing, uh, injured. And the fact that he's going to come back and be able to play healthy is exciting. You know, he's super toolsy and athletic and really good kid and, and leader and, um, you know, he just, he keeps getting these just freak injuries and we're, we're rare. And so we're, we're excited that he's going to, you know, hopefully have an opportunity to put a, a season together where he's healthy and, and reach some of this uh, potential. And so, um, yeah, a lot of guys coming back and then, um, you know, seeing some of those incoming guys yesterday was exciting. There's, you know, uh, uh, my first chance laying eyes on uh, Johnny Newman live and in, in person um, incoming catcher for us that, um, I'd seen on video and the other assistants had seen live and, um, really, really impressed with him. And, um, Leo Mosby was a, another guy that stood out. We haven't seen all of the incoming guys yet. And Clayton Hall, who was, uh, really good in the pen. We threw our first bullpen yesterday and I, or, uh, Friday and Saturday. And I, I told the guys, Hey, we just, we want you to throw this thing at 85%. We know you got the juices going on and we don't, we don't want to blow that, blow anybody out right away. And this first, throw was 95 and i said is that 85 percent he sure feels like coach says, well that's a good sign because you throw about 120 then um Perfect. so he might have he might have had a little bit more adrenaline going than he was he realized so um and that's just naming a few guys that you know off the top of my head but uh yeah good good core group coming back and um some exciting incoming guys uh coming in that'll put some pressure on those guys and um you know we'll we'll be able to, uh, you know, hopefully step in and fill their shoes. Um, if either there's performance or injury issues this year or, uh, or when those guys move on to professional baseball. Yeah. Then of course the, the rotation, Rodney Boone, Michael McGreevy, Zach Tora, all coming back this year, the, the two lefties and McGreevy, the righty. And I'm pretty stoked to see those guys. So checks. I'll see you tomorrow out on the field. Thanks for checking in and, well, uh, hopefully we can check in mid-fall, maybe end of the fall. Um, looking forward to the season in the spring. So uh, thanks for the time, and uh, enjoy the rest of the evening. Thanks, Kev. Thanks for having me on. All right. That's Coach Checkets. All right, David Tillotson and Spencer Stewart are here. We just finished watching Game 7 of the National League Championship Series. I wouldn't say that there are excited parties 
on this podcast since none of us are Dodger fans. But the Dodgers did come back from down 3-1 and defeated the Atlanta Braves to advance to the World Series. Third time in four years. I guess I'm probably the most excited because I picked the Dodgers and I was the only one. So, uh, yeah, in your face, guys. In your face. I was, I I thought I was looking really good for a little while there. I did have, I had the Rays in six. um, And then that series went to seven as well. And then I had the, uh, I had the Braves in seven. And I, at the start of the game, I honestly thought that, um, you know, the Dodgers were just going to kind of lay down to some of the, uh, some of the excitement that, that that postseason adrenaline that the Braves were riding on um, during that game. And, the start of the game, those first two innings, um, it looked like everything was just going the Braves' way. Uh, but obviously, there's a lot of baseball to be played in a nine-inning game, and that was one insane game seven. That was fun to watch. Um, I definitely enjoyed every minute of it, um, and uh, it's just great baseball. You love to see that. Yeah, and the Tampa Bay Houston series going seven games is crazy. It was only the second time that a series has ever gone from three Oh back to a game seven with the other time being the Red Sox in 2004 coming back on the Yankees. Um, and it was, it was just a great series. All the games were one, two, three run games and six of the seven games, the tying or the go ahead run came to the plate in the ninth inning. So you just had really competitive baseball Um and then obviously Charlie Morton coming up clutch for them in game seven, um, first pitcher ever to win uh, four winner-take-all postseason games. And he joins John Smoltz as the only pitchers to ever have multiple starts with five-plus innings um, scoreless baseball in those same games. So um, props, to the, props to the Rays for debunking my strikeout theory from last week. And um, they continue to press on as the opposite team uh, or the, the team that's opposite of that in terms of being the team with the most strikeouts this year. Um, and if they can do it one more time against uh, the second best team now, they, they've beaten the best team in terms of strikeouts. But if they can beat the Dodgers, who struck out the least in the National League and uh, second least in the MLB, then they'll be crowned champions. Yeah, so they beat – they beat. yeah, they won all three series, and they have the worst – strikeout percentage uh as a team in the major leagues and they're the they're still the only team to win a series that with the higher strikeout percentage the dodgers have the second lowest in the majors and obviously they have the lower strikeout percentage than the braves so uh tampa bay three and oh so far uh in their series against teams with a higher strikeout percentage yeah hats off to charlie morton that guy is a horse and then another thing with the 3-0 series lead coming back to a game seven, Tampa Bay now is the first team to blow a 3-0 lead and then win game seven. <laughs> so it also goes uh, along with that. Uh, so this World Series, Rays-Dodgers, contrasting teams to say the least. Uh, we'll start with payroll. rays have the 28th highest payroll out of 30 teams and the Dodgers have the second highest. So 28.3 million for the Rays, 107.9 for the Dodgers. That's pretty crazy. And 
the Dodgers are playing without David Price, who opted out, and then they got Kershaw and Betts, who are making around $30 million each. But Kershaw has performed so far this postseason, and Mookie Betts was incredible in this LCS, particularly on the defensive end. Another thing that gets overlooked uh, a lot is defense, and that's one thing that the Rays do well. And that's one thing that we've seen the Dodgers do well is play defense. So let's dig into the World Series because second time the Rays have ever been there, uh, not a lot of experience except for Charlie Morton. And then the Dodgers, I mean, third time in four years, you'd think that this is probably the year that they get it done, or at least they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. Well, it'll be interesting to see um, just how the Dodgers are able to uh, to turn around and uh, head into this World Series. They're getting a day less of rest. Uh, 24 hours doesn't seem like all that much, but for an athlete's body to recover, that's it's it's crucial. Um, they used uh, they used five pitchers tonight. Um, Dustin May started for the Dodgers. He threw an inning. It was kind of a rougher inning for him. You could see that uh, he threw the first six pitches were all balls. Um, he was kind of he was kind of shaky there. Um, and then it was just a bullpen day, as it was for both teams. Um, they were down to the to the end of their staffs, um, and they they really had to grind to get those innings out of guys. Um, ultimately, you know, the Dodgers bullpen was able to to hold off. Um, hold off the Braves uh, in the last five innings of the game from scoring any runs. And uh, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see because the Dodgers, they've already played um, in Texas and Arlington. Um, they've played with the fans there. The, uh, the Rays are coming from San Diego where they haven't had any fan exposure. Um, they're also not, ha they haven't played a game there. Um, quite some time and uh, I think the Dodgers might have just a little bit of advantage there with in terms of the ballpark but it's it's very evenly matched and we'll see where this series goes well and just you made me think the Rays have never played a game there right this is a new stadium for the Rangers this year so um, to my knowledge I don't believe that the Rays have actually ever played a game so they'll they'll have one day to kind of acclimate to the field before playing in game one of the World Series which will be an interesting experience. Um, I'm with you though. I think that that game or that day of rest uh, really matters, um, especially with a lot of work going in the bullpens. You just mentioned the Dodgers only getting one inning out of May today. He hasn't really been a quality starter for them this postseason. Um, and then the Rays obviously use their bullpen um, to to a lot of an extent with uh, getting through that Houston series. Um, and so. I think it'll be a great series. I don't want to reveal any picks yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so the World Series uh, starts on Tuesday, and they will have a day off between games two and three, and then if necessary, a day off between games five and six. So it's not seven days in a row. And it's funny that we talk about uh, rest in regards to baseball because normal regular season, you're getting – one day off a week or one day off every two weeks. Obviously, you're not playing serious games in the regular season when you're playing all these games in a row. And in the postseason, you're used to having that day off 
uh, a couple times in the midst of the series. So there's a couple things, to, a couple ways to look at it. Like a, these guys should be used to not having days off, but then B it's like, well, they're not used to playing three straight elimination games and really using every arm in their pen just to make it to the next day and then have to roll it out after one day of rest. So those are kind of the arguments for the rest portion of this thing. But so you got the, the Rays that you guys touted with their pitching. Their pitching was strong against the Astros. They really shut them down. The three games that the Astros won were all close games. They were low-scoring games, and the Rays' pitching staff was proved to be the defining factor in Game 7. Meanwhile, the Dodgers, they scored a lot of runs against the Braves. You saw Cody Bellinger homer tonight. You saw Mookie Betts start to hit the ball well. Like Their offense is potent, so we're going to have an interesting contrast. you got the payroll differential, and then you got good pitching, against good hitting, and the Dodgers also have a strong pitching staff as well. So let's get to the picks. And as it stands, since I was correct on both of my LCS picks, the Rays and the Dodgers, no one got the bonus point for getting the series number of games correctly. If Atlanta had won, both of you guys would have got the extra point, and I probably would have been screwed. But... That's not the case. But as it stands, Tilly has a one-point one lead with nine. Me and Spencer are tied with eight. So we're going to do the winner, the number of games, and then your MVP. So I'm going to pick the Los Angeles Dodgers to get it done in seven games. And my MVP is going to be Justin Turner, the redhead. JT out of Cal State Fullerton. Wow, I, I don't I don't like to pick a Titan, but he's been one of the best postseason hitters ever, and uh, I gotta I gotta have some way of trying to beat you guys. So that's my pick, Justin Turner MVP. All right, I like it. I like it. Dilly, you want to go? We were talking a little bit before we started recording, and I was I was asking if it was wrong of me to pick the Dodgers since I had picked the Braves to beat them, and you guys both seemed pretty adamant that it was. However, I I think I'm going to pick the Dodgers to finally get the job done. Um, despite picking the Rays this far, I'm going to go against them. Uh, I'm going to pick the Dodgers in six games. I'm going to pick Mookie Betts uh, to be the big post-season acquisition from last year um, for the Dodgers. Uh, he's got experience hitting against these same Tampa Bay Ray pitchers for the last few years in the AL East. So I think that'll give him a little bit of a head up on the rest of his team. He also could be a great resource for his guys to kind of give him an idea of what to look for in some of these at-bats. Um, and then I think kind of a sleeper pick in all of this is uh, Urias, who ended up closing out the game today, but he's 4-0 this postseason already. Um, he's been huge in a lot of big moments for the Dodgers, so look for him on the uh, pitching side of things to be a little bit of a sleeper and a dark horse for that MVP pick. All right. It's a pretty respectable, pretty respectable pick. You guys are each taking the Dodgers. I... 
am not going to go with the Dodgers. I'm going to take the Rays. I believe in the Rays. I believe in the underdog in terms of payroll. We've seen it done before. We'll see it again. Um, I think uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to be able to compete. Dodgers are obviously the best team in baseball. Um, they proved that throughout the regular season. Um, but it's time someone took them down. So I'm going to go with the Rays. They're going to do it in seven games. And Mr. Randy Orozarena is going to be my pick for MVP. Him and his powerful boots and uh, and that bat that he's swinging have been pretty electric. And that's um, it's big moment kind of stuff. He, uh, you were spitting out some facts earlier, Tilly. Can't think of them off the top of my head. All I know is that you're comparing him to Derek Dieter, who many consider to be one of the best you know, shortstops in the postseason. Um, and so I, I'm going to go with the Rosarena. Um, a little sleeper, though. Just watch out for Manuel Margot this postseason. Um, in 2017, he was sixth for Rookie of the Year. Um He's, uh, he's out of the Dominican Republic, and he's kind of got a chip on his shoulder. He's been with the Padres for four years. This is his first year with the Tampa Bay Rays, and uh, he's trying to prove himself. Um, he, he capitalized on an Astros error um, early in the series uh, after putting a home run over the fence and then followed that up in the next inning by making a catch um, – as he's reaching over the wall in right field. And um, those are big time, big time moments. And I'm going to look out for a little bit more of those as we, uh, as we get into this, this world series. Just okay. to add on to that with some Arez Arena stats that I was just looking at. Um, he's one home run away from the uh, single season playoff record for home runs with a, uh, of eight and it's currently held by Barry Bonds, Carlos Beltran and Nelson Cruz. So some elite company there. And then the stats you were looking for were uh, home runs by a rookie and hits by a rookie in the postseason. And I believe he's tied for first in both of them right now. So uh, Derek Jeter is the guy that he's matched with and it'll be likely that he breaks both of those um, and the all time home run record. Um, if he does anything like he's done in the first few series this year. Chance to etch his name in the history books. Okay, those are those are pretty solid picks. Uh, I like it all. Another guy to watch out for that I don't think gets a lot of accolades is Brandon Lau with the Rays. I mean, he's one of their better guys. He hits in the the two, three, or the four hole. Plays multiple positions, so watch out for for Brandon Lau. And the as far as the Dodgers go. Like Kike Hernandez came in, hit a pinch hit homer to tie it when they were down three two today. Like, I feel like the Dodgers have a lot of depth, and that could be something that comes in and is key to winning the series. Just because they have guys with the experience who can come off the bench uh, and get a big hit late in the game. So the picks are in. Anybody have anything else to add? Just want to see. Did you guys have any initial reaction after Cody Bellinger hit the home run, and then proceeded to celebrate with his teammate? Did the forearm bash together and dislocated his right shoulder? I thought that was incredible. Uh, you hate to see an injury at all, but to do it when you're celebrating is um, that's not something that you're going to be able to get away with in the World Series. In my yeah, it was, it was good to see him stay in the game, but it was also kind of funny to see the ball hunting for him, too. He had to make a couple of plays in those last few innings after that as well. So He definitely did. Yeah. 
It, it wasn't as bad as Martine Grammatica, but I'll let you guys look that up. Ooh. Okay, one more thing. Gaucho started practice this weekend, as we heard previously with Coach Checkets. What were you, what what was it like for you guys getting back out on the field, Tilly? It was just nice to be outside. I mean, some long days, obviously, having to space everything out and and sort of stay distance um, and limiting numbers of guys in and out on the field, but. It was great to see some balls uh, flying out on uh, Friday and Saturday during on-field BP. And it was great to hear the glove popping uh, from the pitchers down in the bullpen and um, hearing that echo across the field too. So just nice to hear the sounds of fall again. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better myself. Um, being a, I spend most of my time in the bullpen with, um, with some of our incoming pitchers and um, just being able to, to, to take a step back and, and watch um, the coaches do their thing, Dylan and, and Checks, um, they do a great job with the pitchers. Um, all these guys are sponges right now. They're taking in all this information that's coming to them. And uh, they've been waiting so long to get to this point in their lives, whether they, you know, if they, uh, if, if they accepted or signed their intent early on in their high school career, or if it was just recent in junior college, um, they're at a, they're in a position where um, they can, they can take their skills and run with the, um, the resources that they have. And uh, ultimately we want all them to succeed and seeing them all compete against one another in practice or compete against themselves in bullpens, trying to execute whatever pitch. It's just fun to be around um, the kids, uh, the, the, the players that we've got make it all worth it. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to work those long days. I did. I do miss them. Um, That being said, I'll see you guys on Monday. I'll just say that I enjoyed being the last person on the field as the sun was going down on Saturday evening. It's pretty nice. Yes. Field all watered, all dragged, green grass, fresh air. It was great. Okay. Picks are in. Gotchas are back at practice. We've got the World Series. It's starting to feel like like October at last. So uh, David and Spencer, thank you, and uh, we'll see you at the yard. Thanks, Thanks Jeff. All right, thank you to our sponsor, Kyle's Kitchen. Go check out the Protein Grill at Hollister Village. Thank you to Coach Checkets for all the hard work that he does and all the support that I get from him. And thank you to David Tillotson and Spencer Stewart. It's been fun talking Major League Baseball with those guys. A couple of things to wrap up from the conversations that I had. It was Bill Gramatica, not Martin Gramatica, who celebrated and tore his ACL. He was an NFL kicker back in the early 2000s. But it, it's an interesting video. You should go look it up. A couple other things to note about the Dodgers. David Price, who opted out at the start of the season, is on a $32 million a year contract. The total raise payroll for the season is $28.3 million. So David Price, who opted out, is making more money this year than the Tampa Bay Rays. Maybe not this year. I don't know what the stipulations are, but still, he makes 32 all of the Rays, 28.3. The Dodgers are the 14th team to be down 3-1 in a series and come back and win. And their 11 runs in the first inning in, I think that was game four, or five, can't remember quite off the top of my head, was the most in one inning in postseason history. 
So that's it for the pod. Go watch the World Series. Keep a, an eye out on social media with the Gauchos, UCSB underscore baseball on Instagram and Twitter for updates for fall. We'll keep it going with the Gaucho 9 podcast next week with Ryan Bob, the great student manager who's now working with the Giants. He's down in Instructs in Arizona. That will be next week. And uh, until then, go Gauchos, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>